0: Hello, hello, welcome to the podcast Invest in New. My name is Frederick Sanval, and today's guest is Alice Hyman. She is an expert in complex sales, and I would say so because not only she but also her dad has been very much fundamental in terms of taking the learning around how to sell as a team and in complex environments to a much higher level with the formerly Miller-Hyman organization. So Alice is just about to publish a book, uh, which is linked to more sales now. There will be a link in the show notes. It's due in July. Also, she is from America and she loves to sell. And I'm very happy that we got time in her busy schedule to share some great ideas for yourself around investing you, sales, LinkedIn, and let's dive in.
1: Hi, and welcome to the podcast Invest in You, all the way from America, Alice Hyman. Hi, Alice. Hi. First, some quick introductions. Myself, Ivan, Charlie, my brother. Hello. And Frederick. Hello,
2: hello. So, where in the United States are you from? I
3: am in Reno, Nevada, which is at 5,000 feet. I'm surrounded by mountains in one of the most beautiful places. You know, my opinion, one of the most <laughs> oh, of course, that's best fine. United States, of course, so I get to look out at beautiful mountains, and I'm near Lake Tahoe,
2: oh, and nice. I really love where I live.
0: Yeah, so you're joining the lovely collection of great guests from all over the world. Charlotte?
2: So what do you work with?
3: My work is helping small companies who have a complex business-to-business sale, who want to sell to really large companies, and sometimes those companies are, oh my gosh, 10 times or 20 times their size. They may be a three million or a 10 million or a $30 million company selling to a billion dollar company.
0: Yeah, yeah, perfect. I love sales. I remember when I wanted to have Google as one of my clients and started with like, who do I know in, in Google? And at the time, it was very <laughs> few. Actually, I got my foot through the door eventually. So I really guess that you also love sales and you help companies to grow. How did you start in sales?
3: Well, I think I started in sales pretty much the day I was born. If you <laughs> ask my parents, yeah. yes. <laughs> I think some of us are do have that propensity. But I'm an entrepreneur and I have been since I was very young. I've always started things. I've started groups. I've started clubs. I've started businesses. <laughs> and so it's something that I'm just naturally good at. And when you're an entrepreneur, you have to be good at sales or you're not going to succeed. So I think it's really something that comes natural into me, although I don't believe that, you know, sales is something that is only a natural thing. I think it's something you can be taught as well, but for me it is quite natural. And then of course I've studied sales on top of that to learn more about it. But I really started selling when I was in high school. The first job that I had was at a very famous and gigantic flea market in Englishtown, New Jersey. If you look it up, you'll see it's quite fascinating. I used to have to get up at five o'clock in the morning to get over there and I sold bras, believe it or not, at this giant flea market. So there was an indoor section that had a lot of fruits and vegetables and clothing and things like that. And then there was an outdoor section where people brought whatever they wanted to bring to sell. So it was kind of fun. But that was probably my really first sales job and it was a retail sales job. And then after that I became a public school teacher So my selling there was selling children on learning what they needed to learn and selling their parents on helping them. So I really never stopped selling. But I guess, you know, my first foray into the big sales world, the sales world of the complex sale was after my first for profit business, which was a children's bookstore and resource center for parents and teachers. But after that, I joined my parents' company called Miller-Hyman. Now it's called the Miller-Hyman Group, but this was way yes. back in the early 90s. I joined their company and really stepped into the world of the complex sale.
0: Yes. So have you been working with SINCE, or what's the connection now with Miller-Hyman and yourself?
3: Yes. Yeah, so my parents sold that company in 1998. So I had been working for them often on through college, and then even when I was a teacher, I would do different projects that they would ask me to do. So I was familiar with the business, but I wasn't working for the business, just doing yeah. a bit of work here and there. But in the early 90s, when they knew that you know the business was really growing and they were gonna get ready to sell it, they were asking me to please come work with them and learn more about the business. So I did leave teaching and I did go to work for them for about three years, and we grew the company considerably, got it ready to sell. And I left right before they sold it to start my own company, yes. which is Alzheimer LLC. And that was in 1997. So I've been in business for myself a long time.
0: Yeah, I'm very familiar with I mean uh, Hyman the way it is nowadays everything from their complex sales processes to both being in competitive bidding situations against them and also <laughs> learning from the procedure so very very interesting i didn't know that the, the link there and i also got many friends who have been recruiting working in middle at the moment so that's very interesting thank you for sharing yeah
2: so what does good sales look like for you
3: Yeah, good sales for me is solving the customer's problem in a way that's efficient and cost-effective. So when I talk to people who are not so keen on sales, like some of the business owners that I work with, they're founders of companies, founders of startups, or they've come from something other than sales as their background. Sometimes they're a little bit afraid of selling or they're awkward about it because they feel it's kind of icky in some way, you know? And so I try to change their mindset and help them understand that they had a great idea, or they have a great product or service, and that people need that. And so what they're trying to do is find that need and solve the customer's problem. Now, in order to do that, you have to do a few things. You have to, first of all, be confident and be an expert in what you sell. You have to know your business, your industry, and you have to know your customer's industry and what their goals are, so that you can talk about it in an intelligent way and build a strong relationship so that you can learn enough to solve the customer's problem.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good way. But we will, of course, come back to the same question, different other shapes and forms. So, yeah, that's a really good share and also something to take away for our listeners as well. I was just like to link from sales to something else that I know they've got lots of experience within, which is how to use LinkedIn. How do you use LinkedIn today?
3: Yeah, well, I think LinkedIn is an extremely powerful platform that business leaders, salespeople, talent managers, you know, anyone who has a purpose can use it. And it's a great place to build your brand and show people that you are an expert in what you do. I think that's one of the better things about that platform without really having to brag about it. You can share your expertise in a way that shows people that you really do know what you're talking about and it will kind of attract them to you so that they'll have a conversation with you. So I use LinkedIn every single day and I use it in so many different ways. The first way that we just discussed, which is building my brand and sharing great content that I produce, that others produce, Um, that sharing is one of the ways. Another way that I really like to use it is to interact with people. Yep. So I'm an extrovert and I like to network. Yes. And so LinkedIn gives me the opportunity to do that pretty much any time of the day or night, which is exciting for me. Now, I don't want people though to think that it's only for extroverts. I think it's a great place for introverts to network as well. But they may not still be as comfortable just like they're not as comfortable in person. But I really think of my online networking the same way that I think of my in-person networking. I see someone, I wanna shake their hand and look them in the eye and get to know them a little bit. And so I use LinkedIn in the same way. I find people, I look at their profile, I learn about them, I send them a request to connect and tell them why I want to connect. And then I start a conversation with them right away. But even before I do that, I will start to interact with what they're posting and let them get to know me a little bit before I send that connection request. Just like at a networking event where you might look at each other, shake hands, and say a few words before you actually set up another appointment or something. So what I try to do is let them see me, let them get to know me a little bit by interacting with them and their posts and then I'll send a connection request and then I'll start a conversation and I always try to offer them something that will be helpful. So since I, pretty much of an expert on LinkedIn. I try to keep up with what's happening and knowing how to use it. I do share some tips on LinkedIn, but I share tips on how LinkedIn fits in with your everyday selling, and how LinkedIn works throughout the entire sales process, and really ways to use it that feel comfortable and not awkward.
0: Yep.
2: So one thing I would just like to share with the listeners on this podcast, me and Ivan are too young to be on LinkedIn, (laughs) Despite that, we have been featured on many articles on LinkedIn. But me and Ivan are more familiar with Facebook and YouTube. But dad uses LinkedIn a lot.
0: Yep. Yeah. I'd like to share how I came across yourself, Alice, if you wouldn't mind. Yes. It was actually through another podcast. And uh, it was uh, on the podcast, which is called The Salesman Podcast, and it was uh, episode three hundred and fifty-seven, actually. <laughs> so yeah, it's also from the UK. So yeah, that was interesting, and I really like many of the things you shared. For example, that you say very much like myself, people like to buy from people they like and fill in the gap, and then trust. What's a gap word? People they oh, like. people they know, like, and mm, trust. Yeah, yes, exactly. Well, I'm super curious there. I can completely relate to that. And who taught you that, or where did, did the ideas come from? Because I very much think or say the same. I don't know where it originates from.
3: Gosh, you know, I think that it came from my dad to some degree. And yeah. then also, you know, I'm a learner, a lifelong learner. I've read a lot of books. I know that Dale Carnegie, you know, in his book, How to Win Friends and Influence People it's a wonderful book and i believe he says it there and napoleon hill and thinking grow rich these are books that if young gentlemen should read young ladies should read i teach a class at the university of nevada and i teach sales for entrepreneurship perfect and i recommend always those books and you know i always start with this people have to know you like you and trust you before they're going to buy from you now some people will disagree with that and i'm sure sales have been made where there was no like and trust it was not there but i don't want a customer for now i want a customer for life yes and so although i might be able to do a transaction without Having them know me like me and trust me I prefer that method because I want to work with them for a lifetime
0: yeah I completely agree with you and also I find it really interesting when people throw out the the opposite statement just to make some kind of noise for example on social media just to grab attention but I can completely subscribe to that as well which leads on nicely to the next question what do you think about branding and positioning in the social world
3: well I think it's part of way we live today i don't think that it's separate anymore social media is not new on the innovators you know curve you would be a laggard if you're not on some sort of social media i believe for a business to business sale that you need to be fluent in all of the different social platforms i use linkedin facebook instagram you know others as well youtube and i don't use snapchat too much (laughs) but i tried it but i do believe the video features on linkedin on facebook on instagram are important on twitter i love twitter twitter's probably my favorite and the video features on all of those are important and i feel that if people are not using some of these platforms they're behind And I think they don't even realize what they're missing. They're missing the opportunities to build their brand, to let people know them, to get people to like them, (laughs) and even to trust them. Because if I consistently put out good content on the different platforms that you're watching me on, you will begin to trust that I am a credible source and you will follow me. And that's proven by the tremendous amount of followers that I do have on all of the channels. I really love Facebook for business, even though a lot of people don't think that it's a business place, but my clients and prospects yeah. connect with me yeah. on Facebook because they do want to know me, not just in business, but personally. True. And I think True. sharing personal, like we were earlier when we were talking about skiing and we are talking about the lake and sailing yeah. and things that we love to do. it makes you know me better and like me better because you see that we have something in common and human beings are all about the story right that's really where we come from our brain works around stories and we work around stories and those stories are about who we are what we know and what we have in common so when Mm -hmm. we can start to talk about those things that builds our story together and now your story and my story are no longer separate Our stories are now intertwined. And when I can understand your story, then I can better help you. And I understand that what you want to do is help your customers just the way I want to help my customers. So I can reach further than just making a sale with you. I understand what you want to accomplish, what you want your customers to be able to accomplish. And I can now have an impact on that. And I think most people don't really think that through as much as they should in sales. It's not just about you and me having a relationship. I need to impact what's important to you. And if your family's important, if your customers are important, if your inventions are important, I need to know you well enough to have an impact on those things as well. Your customer's customer should be key to me, if I want a customer for
2: life.
0: Yeah, true.
2: We have a lot of entrepreneurs as listeners. What advice would you give them linked to selling to larger companies?
3: Well, for the entrepreneurs out there that are selling to large companies, I just want to say to them, do your homework. I think that many small companies approach a complex sale as if it is a transaction. And they just want to pitch their product and tell the person about it and get them to buy it. And it's amazing to me because that worked many, 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 many years ago, right? That was the way that we sold. People didn't have any way to know about our goods and services. So a salesperson had to show up and tell them about it and they would sit and listen because they had no other way to learn. So that was the way it is. But that's not the way it is today. And so we really have to get intelligent We have to learn as much as we can so that we can have intelligent conversations. We can bring insight and value to the person who might buy from us. And we shouldn't try to sell to them until we know that they need to buy something. So just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean you need my services to increase your sales. Maybe you're doing really well in sales. I would have to learn first, right? So I think the entrepreneurs out there need to do their homework. They need to make their sales teams do their homework and learn about their company, their products, their services, the industries they sell to, their customers, their products, their services, and their customers' customers. And that is what is going to get them to excel far beyond and sustainably because what's happening today with a lot of these startups is They want this rapid exponential growth, you know, these huge hockey sticks, right, going straight up, (laughs) (laughs) because their investors want that, right? They want a billion-dollar valuation. They want to be a unicorn. Um, They want all these amazing things, and very few of them will actually get it. And that approach, that rapid exponential growth is not necessarily sustainable. And okay, maybe it worked for Facebook and a couple of others, but look at all the other companies where it isn't working. So you can't take those examples and try to model yourself after them. In fact, Simon Sinek, who is someone who I follow and read everything he writes, I heard him speak a couple of years ago, and finally the book on that topic is coming out. And he's talking about the sustainability in these businesses and what it looks like far out into the future. So I think we really have to consider that when we're making our plans and our strategies to grow our businesses.
0: Well, this is the videos with Simon as well when they came across someone called Roger Hamilton. That was the first time we were in contact with him. Yeah.
1: Yep. So, linking to teams again, when we listened to another interview with you, you spoke quite a lot about the team. Can you please expand on why selling as a team is so important? Yes, so again going back to kind of the history of
3: sales and how we used to sell, way way back when you know we used to trade goods and services until then people would start producing them and take their wares around right to different places it was kind of a lone person out there we used to call it hawking their goods i don't know how that translates for you guys but you know that's such an old way to sell and even you know 20 years ago we had this big individual contributor method of selling go these you know lone wolves would go out into the marketplace and bust down the doors and yep. and get into these accounts right but really even 20 or 30 years ago the teams that were doing the large complex deals i mean the companies that were doing large complex deals were using teams there's no way for one salesperson in a 30 million dollar company to sell to a billion dollar company if they are not forming a team. I mean, it does happen, don't get me wrong, and especially in the case of consultants, but not when you're selling a product or, or uh, you know, something that's 500,000, a million dollars. You have to position everyone at your company with the right people at the company that you're selling to, so the CEO might have to get involved, some subject matter experts, sometimes your CFO. Other people in your organization, customer success, you really need a whole team, again, if you want a customer for life, not just a customer for now. So we want them to know, like, and trust all of us. Yeah. And we want to be available to help them grow in the long term. So that individual contributor approach maybe you can start a sale that way but you do need to bring your team in and get them all positioned properly so that you can really help the buyer make a good decision and learn to use your product and service in a way that's very sticky and they're not looking for a way out in a year when the renewal comes up, especially with SaaS, right? Yes. And they have full user engagement and you've shown them that you're gonna stay with them. You're not just selling them something and then ditching them, right? So I think that teams are very important in sales today and companies who are still out there with a the lone wolf approach are not doing as well.
0: Yeah, no, I could completely rate that again, where you find a good match between the t- different organizations, where you're bringing in the people that will deliver, for example, a service completely makes sense as well. So, great.
1: Yeah, here's a fun one. We know you live in Nevada and maybe not too far from Nevada desert. What's your coolest office so far? My coolest? Office. Oh, my Office. Oh, gosh, let's see.
3: (laughs) And I do work from everywhere. I I always say, you know, I have an office in a bag, right? So, and one of my goals with my business was to be able to work from everywhere. I like to be at the lake, at Lake Tahoe, working from my boat. (laughs) But I try not to work too much from my boat, because that's also my getaway, where I can relax. (laughs) So I try to do my creative work if I'm on the boat, and not talking to customers and prospects, but more... Developing new products and innovating you know I get away to do that another place I love to do that is on the slope so when I'm skiing I do live in the high desert But we have mountains and snow here. It's awesome and I really feel it's very freeing when you're on the slope skiing Because your your mind is really thinking about what your body is doing and it can't think about a lot of other things so when you're done with that you're open for a lot of creative ideas to flow in. So I think those are two cool offices for me. And then my very favorite office where I do work with my clients and prospects um, is my own backyard. I have an absolutely gorgeous backyard with a view of the mountains. And I have lots of outlets out there and a table and chairs It's very comfortable. And my team and I sit outside and we work in the backyard when the weather's lovely.
0: Perfect.
1: Yeah, me and Charlie also like skiing. I'm a snowboarder, yeah. and he's a skier. <laughs> About, <laughs> for like a week for yeah. just a month ago, I think, in February or yes. something like that. Two yep. months. Yeah, yeah, we love it. Anyway, very nice. We found some publications when we did the research ahead of this interview. Which ones would you recommend, and for which readers?
3: Well, um, gosh, I read so many books. My goodness, it's. You know, I do like Simon Sinek's work, for, especially for entrepreneurs. His Start With Why is quite good, and I haven't read his new book yet, but I have heard the topic, so I know that's going to be quite good on sustainability. As I recommended earlier, very, very old books, they're more than 30 years old, Thinking Grow Rich, and How to Win Friends and Influence People, I yes, think are very yes. good books. I always like to recommend my father's books. They were very well known for many years and I don't know how well known they are anymore, but strategic selling oh,
0: I know is a book
3: well. that will help prepare you for the complex sale, will help you learn how to get positioned well for the complex sale so that you can not only get you know gain a new customer but retain them and grow them. And I also of course love his book Conceptual Selling, which teaches you how to have the very best. Sales meeting you can possibly have, whether it's one-on-one or one-to-many. That book teaches you how to get prepared for that. So I love that. I do write a blog, and I love for everyone to read it and comment on it. I try to share very timely things on my blog. It's smartsalestips.com, but you can also find it, of course, by going to alicehyman.com. I share a lot of things, and then I have. Oh, my gosh. So many friends in sales that write great books like Anthony Inarino and Jill Conrath, Mike Weinberg, you know, Kevin Davis. I just could go on and on. Really unfortunate to live in a world with people who do what I do and even are my competitors. But we're all such great friends and we all work together and all of their books are phenomenal. In fact, if you go on my blog, I have two different lists of books from some of those people that I mentioned and more. And like my friend Barbara Weaver-Smith, who's the whale hunter, her book is phenomenal. If you're a small company, trying to go after really huge companies, there's just so many, I can't name them all. But (laughs) go to my blog, you can read some of those, some of the blogs I have that name the books that I love. And of course, there's new ones coming out all the time.
0: Perfect, we've got so many mutual friends and connections is just crazy Uh, maybe because i used to work with very similar things and also appreciate similar practice so yeah thanks for sharing that's highly valuable coming back to the theme and the name of the podcast invest in you can mean both how you do self development but also we spoke briefly about investments just before we started recording if you would invest in something what would that be
3: well that that's a good question. I invest in a lot of things because I'm quite a risk taker. So I have invested in many startups and I would say most of them did not actually work out. Yep. <laughs> but that's okay. That's, you know, kind of expected. So I do some of that investing in startups. I also invest in real estate and I think that is a very good investment there's many different ways to do that you can own the property directly of course and manage it I have one property like that but most of the properties I own through an LLC with some other investors and have done quite well Mm -hmm. I like it when I put my money in and it makes money for me in my sleep we were talking about that earlier because I work hard all day and earn money that I then invest in other things I invest in the market, and it's interesting—the U.S. market mostly. Um, <laughs> it does well over time, but you have to have some patience, and you know it's not one of those things that's a really quick hit. But you know it does well over time for us. And then, of course, I invest in myself and my own business. And I think for any entrepreneur, you have to be willing to do that. Every year, I invest in training myself and my team and different things that we want to learn. We invest in by going to taking webinars, reading, going to conferences, many different ways that we invest in ourselves. And I think that's critically important for everyone, whether your employer is willing to pay. For you to learn or whether you have to do it yourself and either way you've got to keep learning and so I think investing in yourself is important so make a budget every year for what you want to invest and figure out which things you want to learn and spend that money wisely learning those things
2: so there's a question that I just made up right now what does the podcast name invest in you what does that mean to you
3: I think that's a really good question. The investing you is really where it all begins. If I hadn't invested in myself when I was young, I wouldn't be where i am today i invested in going to college and it was expensive and i had to pay for it myself and that was one of the first big investments i made but even before that when i was young i invested in myself by joining clubs and reading books and taking time to learn and so investing you is really where it starts if you're not willing to invest in you and no one else will be willing, right? You have to be willing first. You have to feel worthy that investment that you place and that others will place in you. So I think that's really important. And I think that all of the startups out there or, you know, kind of middle-aged companies that are looking for people to give them money for, you know, investment to grow should think about that. Are you investing in yourself? And are you showing others that you invest in you and your team? Because I don't want to invest in you if you're not willing to invest in
0: you. And uh, even in the last few days, another startup and also a couple of property investments going on. And it's uh, quite exciting and uh, yeah, it uh, keeps you on your toes for sure.
3: Yes, it does. And investing in you means that you're continuously learning, too,
0: because that's what it's all about. And also, when you're in any kind of sales, like you said about the startups in particular, if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't have the confidence that will shine through, it's really hard to convince anyone else when you don't believe in your own product, service, team, or even worst case, yourself.
1: Yep. yeah,
2: Completely right. What are your top tips for using LinkedIn for sales?
3: My top tips... Okay, so my very top tip is it's just like real life. So just because it's online, I think sometimes people feel like it's different, but networking on LinkedIn is just like networking real life. You spend time each day communicating with people, getting to know them. And on LinkedIn, that works by me, looking at what's going by in the activity feed, Clicking like, that'd be like just waving to someone hello, right? Quick wave and maybe you see them at the coffee shop at the grocery or at a conference and you wave at them. If you have a little more time, you can stop and comment and that would be like, you know, standing in line at the grocery or at a networking event where you get to talk for a little bit of a minute or two. And then when they tell you something that's pretty cool, you want to share it with others and you can share their post on LinkedIn as well. So interact just like you would in real life. Uh, Be kind, be courteous, be friendly, share and interact with people and let them know that you care about them by acknowledging them with a like, by commenting, by sharing with them anything that's interesting and sharing their posts with others as well. I think that probably encompasses all of my top tips.
0: Great.
2: And top tips on selling as well. Top tips on selling. Yeah. So again,
3: do your homework, do your (laughs) homework, homework. And I think be kind. Everyone in their life has lots of things going on and keeping them busy. And you're trying to interrupt their life to get them to pay attention to you and your product and your service and to actually get them to give you time to get to know them. You're an interruption. (laughs) So think about other people and what their needs are, what they care about. Just be kind. I think that salespeople give up so easily, even though all the research tells us you need eight to twelve touches. Probably those first five touches, that person just deleted your mail because you know they don't even know who you are. But or maybe they were too busy or maybe they were out of town for three weeks, like I was the last three weeks. Or maybe their mother just died. You just don't know. So If you want the chance to get to know me and build a relationship with me, then it's your responsibility to find me and to approach me in a way that makes me want to engage with you. And that I think is a really critical thing. So be kind in your selling and think about the other person and put them first. And remember that selling is problem solving. It's not trying to manipulate or trick. It's not trying to sell somebody something they don't need or want. It's about whether you can solve their problem efficiently and effectively and for a cost that makes sense. So really focus on the people and the problem solving aspect of things.
1: Yeah, great. It's not just about the money. It's about all the stuff around it. So any ideas to younger entrepreneurs in in general? Yes. For young
3: entrepreneurs, I say keep learning, always keep learning and find a mentor. Find someone who is willing to mentor you, somebody who's kind of been there, done that and will share ideas with you, somebody you can bounce your ideas off my wish for every young person no matter what field of study they're going into would be that they would have someone who would mentor them kindly I'll try to do that (laughs) I'm <laughs> uh, pretty good
1: at that yeah. Yeah. No,
0: and uh, yeah I can completely just uh, relate to so many things you've shared I'm so pleased we finally got hold of each other and that you were so willing to share great top tips from a, a long experienced uh, practitioner life in sales and so on and so forth so some of the things I'd like to just say that I like what you've shared but uh, the kindness is something that will stick with me and that's not so common that that's mentioned Anything else you'd like to say that you liked particularly well, with
1: Well, I thought, I thought it was really fun because like a lot of the things that you have been doing, my dad has been doing as well. So I can really relate to it and understand.
2: No, I liked when you say helping others and getting to know them. I thought that part was pretty good.
1: Yeah, because often with businesses, I think that that's forgotten and that being kind and like right now, you've got like this huge, gigantic smile on your face that's going yep. up to the roof. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, it's important to be like... Yep friendly because otherwise no one's gonna want to buy your stuff and you're not gonna make them happy
0: yeah and uh, if someone would like to learn more about yourself i'm sure there will be quite a few i uh, would like to find you could you remind again what's the best way to get hold of you in uh, the real life and also in the online world what's the best way to get hold of you
3: Well, you can certainly go to my website, alicehyman.com, and that's H-E-I-M-A-N. We were talking about that earlier, the German spelling of Hyman. And you can find me on LinkedIn very easily, but please send me a message telling me that you heard me on this particular podcast, so I know what you know about me, and I know how you found me, and that really helps me accept your connection requests more quickly. So that's great. And of course, you can email me at alice at alicehyman.com as well. And I'd love to hear from you, hear your sales questions, any questions that you might have for me, please send
0: them. Thank you ever so much for for joining us for this podcast.
2: Thank you. That was very good.
3: Yes. And I would like to invite you to come to Lake Tahoe and I will take you skiing. So you let me know when you can come. I have guest rooms waiting for you,
1: Perfect. Um, so okay.
3: you can stay
2: with me and we'll
3: go to the mountain. It's only 20 minutes, and we'll yep. have a wonderful time skiing.
2: I have a couple of questions about that. <laughs> <laughs> are, are there any like tricking places where you can, like jumps and oh, rails yes. and stuff?
3: Oh, Very nice tricking places, yes. <laughs> I ski mostly at a mountain called Mount Rose, and they have several areas to do tricks.
2: Perfect. That's amazing. And do they have like forests that you can... I go into. Um. Yes, they have forest as well. You can look <laughs> up mountains and
3: you can definitely see all the different terrain options that are there. But at Lake Tahoe, there are many ski areas. So I'm sure we can find the one that will be perfect for you.
0: Yeah, we, we've yep. got guest rooms here if we get stranded in Sweden as well. So perfect. Uh, right, so we'll take a formal thank you very much to yourself and thanks for listening in, everyone. Thank
3: you. Yeah, Fine. thank you.
0: bye bye yeah thank
3: you everybody bye
0: thank you for listening to the podcast invest in you with Ivan Shole and Fredrik Sandvall we are doing this from the UK or from Sweden normally and today's recording was done in Sweden with a lovely guest from America so Alice has also given us great advice on some other good entrepreneurs to interview and we really look forward to get those introductions as well so Reminder, Alice's book is coming out towards July and it will be all linked to more sales now. And if you are a business owner, entrepreneur or even in sales, I'm sure that you will pick up some good tips from that. There will be a link in the show notes so you can find uh, a page so you can get information about that book release later. So that was all for this time. It was um, a pleasure to have you here and uh, this was episode number 13. If you hear this in time, that's in uh, April, then you might also want to check out a conference where I'm uh, presenting, which is called Expert Empires, and my contribution there will be alongside the likes of Grant Cardone from America. He will talk about how to 10x things. I will talk about how you can really maximize the value for selling the business or making yourself investable and how to attract other people's money just as for example, me and Alice have done over the years to invest in other businesses and help them to see them flourish and so on. So until next time, all the best from Ivan, Frederick and Charlie. Bye bye.